We're back to the Neil Haley Show, and I'm excited about my guest. She is the co-founder of Fabulingua, Leslie Omana Berger. Leslie, thanks for stopping by. And, you know, I started ta- thinking about this. You know, I have six kiddos myself, and to think about specifically enough all the different activities, all the things, why language learning? It's just, I don't feel like I have the time, so why should you learn a second language? Well, I mean, it's it's a pretty big one. You know, humans, we are fundamentally linguistic, right? So we only have access to the world through language. And that's unique to humans. There's no other animal that has a complex language structures that we have. And because of that, how each one of us experiences the world is innately tied to the language that we speak. So if we only have one language, we can only see the world through that lens of that, what that one language makes available to us. And so therefore we really only have that one perspective on the world. And as we acquire new languages, we acquire an entirely new perspective on the world and new access to how we're able to experience it. A friend of mine was recently telling me um, that actually he's learned three languages. And each time that he's learned a language, it's given him a profound insight into that culture. And that when he learned Italian, he realized that there was a beauty to that culture that was unlike anything he'd experienced in English in the US, but he had to learn Italian to really experience that viscerally. So there's ample scientific research that shows that learning a second language not only makes your children smarter smarter and more able to focus and pay attention, it actually makes kids able to understand multiple perspectives it makes them more open-minded, empathetic, and culturally aware. And I think that we can all agree that as our world becomes more globalized with more substantial problems to solve, these are all traits that we desperately need to cultivate cu- cultivate in upcoming generations around the world. So I think Fabulingua's mission to make learning a second language more fun and more accessible to children around the world can produce some really powerful effects for upcoming generations. And what we've talked about on the show multiple times is it, 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 the parents can kind of allow the learning to come to the kid. It's not the situation where they're going to have to be constantly on top of them, right? So that's absolutely, the- <laughs> absolutely. That's the beauty of truly turning something into a mobile game, right? Mobile games are designed to capture kids' attention. So the kids learn it independently. Kids, don't, parents don't need to speak that second language. So even though they might not speak about second language, they can give that gift to their children so that all the powerful effects of learning a second language is something their kids just get given as part of the process. And given as part of that process. And there's so much research you talked about with learning a second language that's just not out there about how they interact, how they do better in school, how they perform. So if you explain some of that research that's out there, it's just, it's huge, right? I mean, it, it's it's huge. I mean, the the there's, there's basically, I kind of divide it up into two sides. The benefits to the children's brains is very well studied. Uh, it literally creates more gray and white matter, like higher brain density. So they are more, their brains are more connected. They are smarter. The, the, the outcomes, academic outcomes are better. Um, it um, makes them more capable of seeing different perspectives. Literally, there's tons of experiments that they've done where they test the perspectives that children are able to understand that are different from their own. And kids with a second language are able to see other people's perspectives that they're not sitting in. 
So it makes them more open-minded to these different perspectives. And, and that is the fun of seeing other people's perspective, perspectives as the fundamentals of empathy. Uh, and there's research to show that it increases their empathy levels. So there's a ton on the on the brain side uh, in terms of what it has uh, the effect on the brain, but also also the cultural awareness, the open mindedness. Um, that's another huge part, and the ability to to see the perspectives of different cultures is is huge um, and and very important in our in our globalized world, right? Totally, it's it's, it's something that if you don't get learn it you're going to be missed out. And I think the futurist part also, Leslie, has to be answered, right? More and more that we're becoming a global connectedness, that more and more people are going to need to know a second language because of how more and more the future of work and where we're going with Web 3.0 and all these different technologies, you're going to have to know multiple languages because more and more people are going to be working with people all over the world, not just in the United States. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, but I work with people from all over the world. And I think most people do now, um, you know, uh, just have to manage your time zones and to have the perspective that allows you to not just linguistically communicate, but to have a capability of understanding, oh, this person's from a different culture. They might see things differently. And so, you know, I'm going to explain it this way or that way. That that mental flexibility is really important as we work from, with people from cultures all over the world. And as a world, we're going to need that. And as a parent, preparing your child for that world, that mental flexibility that comes with them learning a second language. And by the way, they don't need to be fluent in that second language in order for them to get all those benefits of learning a second language. That increased empathy, that increased um, intelligence, all of that happens as you're learning the second language. You don't have to, it, it doesn't just come once, you're, once you've perfected it. So that's the really cool thing, I think. And Fabulingua is not just it's a memorization flashcards that we're all used to learning languages or learning, you know, the beginning speech. You re they really are going to be able to have a conversive conversation with a native Spanish speaker and really build a relationship like you're teaching this language acquisition and communication with another person where it's not just like just rote memorization. They're going to be really actually able to communicate, build a rapport and develop a relationship with that person. Right. Absolutely. We, we, we teach through what's called acquisition-driven instruction, which means that, that we are teaching you so that you acquire the language, which is something that happens subconsciously as you're exposed to the right kinds of language in the right way, um, as opposed to drilling and memorizing. That drilling and memorizing may be able to help you with a test, but what it doesn't help you is getting your words out when you're speaking to somebody. You need to have acquired a language if you're actually going to have a communicative relationship with other people where you're communicating. Um, so you need to, to learn through an acquisition-driven instruction, which is not typically how things are shown uh, taught in school, unless your teacher happens to be part of the minority of teachers who teaches that way. So um, it's very important to make sure that your kid is acquiring a language so that they'll be able to communicate in the language, right? That's the purpose. The purpose isn't to just to get good grades on a test and then forget the language. What's the purpose of that? That's like a pointless exercise, right? The biggest uh -huh. why you have is why you created it, which we've talked about on multiple shows. But the reason you created Fabulingua is because of how you helped your kids. So explain that, how you learned how to teach them that and how they're able to utilize that in their daily lives now. 
Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I created Fabulingo because I was frustrated that there was nothing out there that was um, more substantial and was going to actually help them communicate than your kind of drill and kill type of apps that existed at the time. Um, so I knew that memorizing lists of words is not learning a language. I wanted them to be able to communicate in language, to speak freely, uh, to make themselves understood. Um, so I really understood that I needed to develop a new, that there was nothing out there for kids that would do that. There was no technology out there. So I developed it, um, uh, got a patent on our process. And, and the really interesting thing I'll tell you now is that now that they're older and they've a, they learned through this acquisition-driven instruction, through comprehensible input, as it's known in sort of the geeky world, um, their ability to speak is very fluent, very spontaneous. It doesn't mean that they don't occasionally make errors, but you know what? They kind of pick right up where they were and they make themselves understood. But interestingly enough, um, my son actually just uh, finished his Spanish AP. He's a sophomore in school and um, he got a five. A couple of his other classmates got a five. And it, I found it really interesting that all of the kids who got fives, these three kids, were kids that had been raised speaking Spanish with this kind of like immersive, comprehensible input sort of approach. And all the other kids who were really, really smart and got fives in other AP exams, they couldn't drill their way into getting a five in the AP, right? Even in, in, in high level tests down the road, you need to have acquired the language you can't memorize your way into fluency and proficiency. You can only acquire your way into it. And therefore, the instruction you need to have is acquisition-driven instruction, which is exactly what Fabulingo is based on. See, that's so, a powerful point that we've not talked about in that. Yeah, I mean, come yeah. on now. See, the, the, your kids are the, way, the future of what Fabulingo is going to create with so many great learners. And then adding the gaming component because you taught them language acquisition through your, your patent, now add the gaming part and mobile gaming. And that's the biggest why is it's fun, right? At yeah. the end of the day, it's fun. We've just had a, a bunch of homeschoolers test uh, test the app. And, and you know what? They all universally say the same thing. They're like, their kids couldn't wait to play it again. And it's like, well, that's that's it. You know, if, if kids are engaged um, and they're re receiving the right kind of input, the language input, they will learn. That's that's our, how our brains, going back to what we talked about at the beginning, our brains are wired to learn languages so long as we get the right kind of input. So uh -huh. we just need to give them that input and then kind of get out of the way. All right, so the best place to go is fabulingua.com, learn information, or just go to the App Store or Google Pay, play and download Fabulingua today, right? That's right, that's right. Um, I actually wanted to share one more story on the, on on. Uh, which I think was actually kind of also really interesting. So this summer, um, I took my daughter who is uh, just finished seventh grade, and um, she went when she went into public middle school. She started straight in, in Spanish too, because she spoke Spanish, and they didn't have any other higher levels. So she started in Spanish too, but because I've been teaching her through this acquisition-driven instruction, she didn't know how to officially conjugate verbs, and she didn't know how to you know, what the pluperfect was or any of the names of these conjugations, she kind of just knew how to use them, right, instinctively. And um, her teacher was kind of, it was really hard with that transition into like this grammar-oriented class. But, you know, she got the hang of it and um, she eventually actually did really well and, and um, 
actually ended up kind of being one of the better kids in class and, and got a really good grade, but it was, it was a hard transition, right? Um, and for a while there, you know, she started feeling like maybe I'm not good at Spanish because I don't know the names of these tenses and I don't know how to conjugate them perfectly. And I would sit there and tell her, you know Spanish, you know how to speak Spanish really well, not perfectly, but you're really good at it. Don't let these tests that you're getting for Spanish two class, like dissuade you of that. And she didn't quite believe me because kids just don't always believe their parents. And then she had this funny experience this summer. So this summer we go to Mexico um, and uh, I, I signed her up for a school, like a one month at a, at a, at a school, a, a local school in this town. And they, it was all in Spanish and they had an English class and they teach English much the same way as most traditional classes are taught in uh, most Spanish classes, foreign language classes are taught in the States, which is all these memorize memorization, conjugating of verbs. And then, you know, the test is conjugate this verb in the pluperfect and blah, blah, blah. And the kids sit down and write it out and they get great results in the test. My daughter ended up getting one of the worst scores in the class because she didn't know what the pluperfect in English was, but she's a fluent native speaker and a really good writer. And I just said to her, see how absurd it is that if you were to go by that English class score, you would consider yourself a really bad at English. And you are by far, because you're a native English speaker, the best in the class, but this test is what's wrong. It's not your capacity to speak English because you've been raised in a way that, you know, English is a, is, is your native tongue, right? You don't, you don't need to know all the names of the verbs. You don't need to memorize in order to speak a language. Well, she's acquired English and she's therefore fluent. Uh, and so that's the idea with that, with acquisition driven instruction is that you don't focus on the grammar. You don't focus on the memorization. You focus on subconsciously naturally acquiring it so that it comes out, um, spontaneously and naturally. All right. That was fantastic. Again, fabulingua.com. Appreciate it, Leslie. And thanks for stopping by. Thanks. You're listening and watching the Neil Haley Show. And we'll be back in just a moment.